0: Are you looking for quality products with a kind message? The Be Kind shop is an online store full of custom-made clothing items, accessories, and stationery with each item carrying something positive. Their main mission is to remind people of the good around them and remind them that we are on this earth to help one another. I'm currently wearing their It's Cool To Be Kind smiley tee and seriously it's one of the softest pieces of clothing I have ever owned. I'm so excited because the BeKind shop gave me a code just for my listeners. You can use BeKind15 for 15% off your purchase. That's B-E-K-I-N-D 15 for 15% off your purchase. The BeKind shop hopes that their quality products can continue to spread kindness, open up conversations surrounding mental health, and make a difference. And besties, that's what we're all about here at Sunshine and Rainbows Podcast. Hey besties, welcome back to another episode of Sunshine and Rainbows podcast, a space where we chat about moments when life isn't. I'm your host Amanda and I am so passionate about peeling back that veil our society has constructed around perfectionism online. When starting my own personal platform on Instagram, I realized that I was getting caught in the inauthentic hustle and it was severely affecting my mental health. Mostly because I was comparing my behind the scenes to someone else's highlight reel. Throughout my life, I've come to own that my setbacks were actually just set ups for something better. I found a way to step into my true potential. And the goal is to amplify other voices who have done the same so that someone out there feels seen and that much less alone. I cannot wait to get into this important conversation with our next guest. So let's get started. Alright, I'm going to be real with you. I mean, I'm always real with you, but we're going to be extra real today. So whenever I invite guests onto the show or they pitch to come onto the podcast, I send them a questionnaire where they fill out some questions they'd like to be asked, and they write a bio for themselves. And that helps me get a better understanding for you know what we're going to talk about, what the conversation is going to surround. Well, this next guest is very personal to me. She's actually one of my younger sisters. And when I sent her the questionnaire (laughs) in the bio portion, she said, SOS, help me, I don't know. So instead of reading a bio that she wrote about herself, I will be, you know, I'm just going to talk from the heart here. So with the past 10 increments of episodes, I at the 10th episode interviewed my husband, Kev, the 20th episode did a Q&A, and the 30th episode, I'm going to be interviewing Aubrey, my younger sister. Aubrey is, oh, wow, Aubrey's a force, a force in all sense of the words. She is incredible, one of the most kind and loving people that I have ever met in my entire life. She'll deny it, but she is a huge empath, and she has the biggest heart of anyone that I have ever known. I know for a fact it was not easy growing up with me as a big sister, and I will say the same for her as a little sister, but in adulthood, we have come to have the best relationship, and I'm so grateful for that. You are going to hear this conversation surrounding a huge, massive life change that she went through within the past two years, and... (sighs) I'm just so proud. I'm so proud of her. And I'm so honored that she would one, share her feelings um, because she doesn't do that often and that she would share them in such a public way in hopes to inspire someone listening to know that they're not alone. And this decision changed her life and it could change yours too. Okay. I said I was going to do a bio for her. So Aubrey, like I said, is a force. She's incredible. I just, it's, she's gonna speak for herself. You know, I'm trying to do an intro here and I'm at a loss for words because I just respect her so much. And I look up to her, (laughs) not just because she's finally taller than me, but because she is the compassionate person that I strive to be. All right, without further ado, here's my conversation with my little sister, who's not so little anymore, Aubrey. All right, y'all, I'm really excited because we have a super important and special guest. (laughs) No, for real, she is. Um, I'm so excited for y'all to meet my little sister, Aubrey. She has a, a incredibly powerful story to share today. And yeah, we're going to take it from here. So Aubrey, hi. Hi, guys. How are you? What's going on? <laughs> so Aubrey, I would love uh, for you to just have a chance to introduce yourself, tell us uh, what you're up to now, and I guess what it was like living with me as a sister. <laughs> you are a great sister. Um, that's all I'm going to say. I'll just leave it there. <laughs>
1: But, yeah, so I am living my best life. I am an elementary PE teacher, so I'm with the little babies all day long. I have four-year-olds through fifth grade, and the great, they're crazy, love them, <laughs> you know, they're kiddos, so
0: you got to do what you got to do, mm-hmm. but, yeah, so they're awesome, but, yeah. And you were, like... All-around incredible athlete. Yeah. Won a ton of awards in high school. Yep.
1: Currently, I'm coaching softball, so mm-hmm. I coach my high school kiddos with softball. Our team's pretty good. We go to states almost every year, so. So,
0: a little bit better than pretty good. We're really good. <laughs> <laughs> Humble is modesty. Yeah. Uh-huh, but, uh-huh. yeah. We're doing pretty great, so I'm living my best life. Hey. So, she makes up, her and I make up half of the A-team us as siblings all of us start our names start with the letter a i'm amanda and then we have a sibling between us this is aubrey and another sibling uh, after her so i don't know i always joke that like our parents called us the 18 because that makes sense but yeah. if you've ever seen the movie i feel like each of us actually took on a personality trait yes from the characters of the 18 so accurate so which one would you say that you are Ooh, i don't know i do What you were the Mr. T character? I'm. That's accurate.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're not wrong. I am so. I know I'm not wrong. No issue telling you your issues. No, and you just like (laughs) burst into a room, guns ablazing. Whole yeah. Wholeheartedly, (laughs) definitely have no issue with that. You're
0: right. Okay. (laughs) Oh man. So I would say out of the four of us, Aubrey and I are incredibly similar, especially now in adulthood, I feel like, yeah, we've gone through some similar things. We have some of the same mental health issues. Yes, we do. We actually see the same therapist. Yes, we do. (laughs) She's
1: the greatest. Yeah.
0: And I don't know. I think it's interesting how similar we've become. Yeah. How close we've gotten to,
1: like, over the years. Like, I would say, like, back when you were in high school, like... I was, like, a dumb elementary kid who, like, wanted to be you, but <laughs> you were so off in high school, I was just like, uh, I'm
0: over here. <laughs> well, and I don't think I was also the
1: nicest
0: back then. Here
1: uh, there. We you know. learn
0: We learn, you know. Yeah. But now we're close. That's true. We are very close now. Um, okay. You. We're going to get into it. All right. Let's go. You. You, 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 went through a pretty massive life change yeah. within the past two years. Yeah,
1: so actually just hit two years. Um, about two years ago, I went and got bariatric surgery. And for those of you who don't know, that's a weight loss surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was always kind of like a chunkier kid, I guess you could say. Like, I always told myself I was broad, but I was definitely a chunkier kid.
0: You were athletic. That's the thing is that like looking back at photos of you as a kid, like... You were athletic. You had massive shoulders. You had like the typical thunder thighs that our I family could, has i could have
1: definitely beat anybody up if i wanted to like yeah. i was a strong force to be reckoned even
0: with. even as a toddler you were just like an oh, yeah. absolute unit most definitely
1: like <laughs> i used to my friends used to call me a tank and the brick wall because yeah. i would just like unintentionally plow through things <laughs> and not realize like i didn't realize my own strength as a kid either like i was so strong i used to hurt our little sister all the time, (laughs) unintentionally, and be like, don't tell mom! (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah, I was always... So I was, like, a... I was a fairly large kid. I was really tall for my age. I was always really broad. As our family is. I was always mature, too. So, like, I handled and carried myself a lot different than most people. But I would say, like, my weight issue really started, like, middle school, high school. I was really depressed. We had just moved. I had zero friends. And so I took to emotional eating mm-hmm. and I would say in high school I was incredibly athletic and like I played three sports and then I played extra sports after those sports so mm-hmm. I would have two practices a day I played games all weekend for softball and like I was packing on the pounds I couldn't figure out what was going on I was eating like a tank like I was always starving I never got a full satisfying feeling and like I was just really packing on the pounds but like mentally you would have never have known I was as big as I was because I was so confident in who I was and like what I was and like I did not care if I was the biggest girl in the room I was gonna make you know that I was there (laughs) I was like hi everybody it's me look at me your girl I'm here (laughs) watch and learn what's gonna happen
0: and I think that's like the toxic trait of our family In the sense that, like, even at my lowest, that was always my mentality, too, is Mm -hmm. like, oh, but it's my job to be there and show up for everyone else Mm -hmm. instead of myself.
1: Yeah, that's, like, my mental mentality still. Like, I struggle with that because, like, if somebody, like, passes away, I'm okay if... Other people are okay. If I'm taking care of them, then I'm all good to go and my emotions don't matter. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, everybody needs help. I'll help them out and I'm good. My emotions will be tossed to the
0: side, but I'm fine. And that's where you and I are similar is because when I actually stopped... When I was forced to stop and not take care of anyone else, I was alone with my own problems Mm. and my own thoughts. And I was like, oh, this is what I've been avoiding for like 15 plus years now. Most definitely. Yeah. So, but. So let's take it back. You said that you really started gaining weight when we moved, which. Yeah. I would agree with. I, I did too. I had different vices, but moving, we moved from Texas to Missouri and moving to Missouri was. I think hard on our whole family because there were some pretty tragic events that had happened that brought us back to Missouri, and yeah. you know, I I just feel like it was like kind of heavy even going into it. Yeah, and like
1: at such a young age, like I didn't really understand because I was seven when we moved from Texas, and like I didn't really understand why we're moving. I was like, oh, cool, like a new place, that's great. Mm-hmm. But then like when we moved, we did and like moved like the Dead winter. No. It, <laughs> it was like so our first long. week there. We were snowed in for two weeks. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, where are we? Why are we here? Like, I was like, okay, snow. And then, like, not being able to leave the house for two weeks and, like, it being ice cold. I was like, Mm-mm, this is not for me. Like, I am not about this, like, at all. But I would definitely say, like, I really started packing on the pounds, like, moving Missouri to Florida. Because in Missouri, I stopped playing sports because there really weren't a lot of sports teams. Like, I was homeschooled. Mm -hmm. So, if you didn't go to school in Missouri, you didn't play sports.
0: Yeah, the laws were different. Right. The
1: laws were different. So, I kind of stopped. I started getting injured in stupid ways. Like You were always injured. Yeah. I fell off my bunk bed. I broke my foot. I flipped my four-wheeler and I broke my arm and my foot. And, like, (laughs) I was just stupid. Like, I was just getting hurt. And then... I started really putting on the weight because I was injured. I couldn't be active. I couldn't be active. Mm-hmm. So, um that sucked and then I was like super depressed because it was cold all the time. And then we moved to Florida and I had no friends. I was homeschooled again and which rightfully show I needed to be homeschooled, but I mean, I Why was do you just you say that um, I struggled with school, so it was good for me to go at my own pace. Like, yeah. I didn't have to, like, follow their deadlines. Like, if I understood a subject, I could take off with that subject. If I struggled with it, I could pull back and take a little bit longer on things that I needed to.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, plus, I'm a very social butterfly, so it gave me the opportunity to, like, crush my school during the day. And then if I wanted to go be with friends at night, I didn't have homework to come back home to. Yeah. I could, like... Have fun and do those things. So that was really great once I started to meet friends. But, I mean, I really started putting on the pounds my sophomore and junior year of high school. Because my junior year, I got injured. I have shoulder injury. Yeah. And I was super mad because I thought I was going to go to college for sports. And I lost a couple scholarships and like interest, people who had interest in me. I lost all of that. Because you were being scouted in high school for I was, softball. I was for softball and for basketball. Yeah. And, um, and when even I got your at volleyball, him. too. Yeah. You so.
0: were like, oh, nah, nah, you, <laughs> know yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but yeah, so I was really sad about all that because um, all the people that had originally offered me things kind of like. Took it away, mm. and so I was like, "This dumb injury just ruined my whole life. Like, what am I supposed to do?" So, I was super depressed. My coach, uh, my basketball coach at the time, um, <laughs> the game that it happened, told me I needed to play through my injuries and just needed to suck it up, and that I wasn't being mentally tough enough and physically tough, and that I wasn't going to be a good player if I couldn't play through things. And so, mentally, I really like was screwed up there because I was like, uh But then I realized like. I went to the doctor and I got an x-ray and an MRI and I had jammed my collarbone into my shoulder, cracked my collarbone and tore my rotator cuff and my labrum. So there was a lot of pain going on
0: and I was like, huh, not something I can just like play through. You know, it's like broken. So And to tell a 17 year old child that you're not mentally tough enough when Mm -hmm. those are like the most challenging and formative years of your life because of like, hormones and everything going on in your teenage brain that you're not quite problem solving through. Not even
1: that, but, like, also, like, that year, like, junior year, you're really starting to figure out, okay, what am I going to do with my life? Like, I, at the age of 16, 17, you have to start figuring out what you want to do for the rest of your life. And it is the most incredibly stressful thing a high schooler can go through, all while trying to be the perfect student and athlete and friend and, like, trying to keep it all together like you just never know what other people are going through and like hearing that from a coach like tore me apart I was like Mm. okay like I'm really not all that I'm cracked up to be like maybe I need to do better and work harder and like it really tore me apart but um then it took me also out of my favorite sport it took me out of softball for almost the whole season and um when I was cleared to come back my coach wouldn't play me and he didn't play me for like four games and I finally was like coach gosh dang it put me in the freaking game (laughs) like stop doing this crap like you're killing me like I'm not gonna be able to do this if you won't let me yeah so he's like fine you're only gonna hit and I was like that's fine like just put me in the freaking game and so I went in the game and I cranked a grand slam and for those of you who don't understand sports everybody was on the base the most people who could be on and I hit one over the fence and it went so far and I was like
0: ha Proved you wrong, suckas. Like literally, that was like career highlight for you. Yeah, it felt
1: like in the moment, like when it hit, I was like, yes. I was like, I'm like that kid in the movie, like
0: sucker. Well, and even if I remember correctly, every time you stepped up to the plate, coaches would tell the team on like the other team, like move back. Yeah, Aubrey's coming.
1: Well, and it was really funny because like currently the school that I coach at, I played against them when I was in high school. (laughs) And um, the coach that hired me remembered me from high school. And my first day on the job, um, the players were kind of, like, asking me, like, so were you a good athlete? Like, did you play? And I was like, yeah, I was a pretty good athlete. Like, I played in high school, da-da-da-da-da. And he's like, no. He's like, your coach was unbelievable. And he just, like, went off. And so I was like... Oh, and he goes, but the thing that really stood out to me was, like, her attitude. Mm. Not only the fact, like, was she this, like, incredible athlete, but she was so humble. She was kind to everybody. She was intimidating as crap, but then after the game, she was coming up and being like, wow, coach, your team played an amazing game, or wow, coach, that play she had, or wow. And he's like, so that's what really stuck out to me was your attitude. And I was like, well, I really appreciate that. So, because a lot of times when you're a good athlete, it's hard not to get a big head. You've got a lot of public news and, like. I won. You were in a, the paper all the time. <laughs> I did, and I was. I won a bunch of awards. I won um, a bunch of Christian character awards and state awards, and I broke the school record. And like, yeah, I was all as a homeschooler too. Right.
0: Yeah. Not even someone that went to the
1: school that you played nope, for. I just played to play. I just wanted to play my game and just have fun. So that was really what I was out there. But after high school. I put on so after my senior year, I put on a hundred and seventeen pounds um, in less than a year.
0: Yeah. Mhm. And during this time, you made I think the right decision for you, and you decided to not go to college. Right. You decided to like, I don't know, take your freshman year at life. Right. And yeah. you're like, hey, I'm. I don't really know what I'm gonna do. Yeah. I had this injury it kind of changed the entire trajectory of my life, what I thought it was. So I need to center myself and figure out, like, what the heck I'm going to do.
1: Yeah, so after my senior year, I, well, after my junior year, like, when I got injured, I realized, you know what, I don't think I'm going to go to sports and, or go to college and play sports. Like, I think I want to do something else with my life. Like, I don't know what I want to do, but I want to do something else. I'm not going to be a professional athlete. Let me figure it out. So talked to my parents, I took a year off, they agreed that they thought that was a good idea for me to just work and get on my feet and try to just do what I gotta do, and so, I did, I beat-bopped around jobs, I tried to be a lifeguard, that was not for me. Uh,
0: <laughs> it's not, it's no, not for everyone. it was not, and that's for me. okay.
1: Um, fun fact, Amanda was once a lifeguard, and her stupid <laughs> boss kept calling me Amanda, and I stood up to him and I was like, it's not Amanda, my name is Aubrey, get it right, because you're annoying the hell out of me. Like, Get my name right, or I'm out of here. So yeah, fun fact: I was called Amanda the whole time <laughs> during my four months of training there. Um, but that prepared me for a lot, so I definitely didn't do the um, life guarding gig. I moved on, and then I was a nanny for a really oh, yeah. bougie family. And one day, I like walked into the school or to the the house and. The mom goes, oh, today's your last day. We're moving. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I just moved out. I had all these bills to pay. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Mm. So I lived off of my savings for three months. And then my best friend called me. And she said, hey, are you still looking for a job? I said, yes. She goes, um, we have a K-4 teaching pr- pr- like position open. And I was like, K-4? And she's like, four-year-olds like teaching the <laughs> babies. And I was like, oh. I was like, I mean, little kids, like, I don't know. And she's like, oh my gosh, you volunteer with all of these kids. Like, you're great with kids. Stop mm-hmm. stop kidding yourself. I was like, uh, okay. And she's like, it's a para, so you'll be an assistant to somebody who's ahead. I'm like, oh, sign me up. Somebody else is in charge? Great, let's do it. So I started a day before school started, and I had no idea what I was doing. I was like, ABCs, one, two, three? Like, yeah, I got this. So I taught for a year there. Um, had an awesome time. Those babies were the most precious little things in the world. They're so random, but so great. And then I am now currently at the school I'm at now, and I am doing elementary PE. I'm coaching softball. And, yeah, I'm loving it. So, yeah, but I figured out what I'm going to do. And so now, starting in the summer, I'm going to start taking college classes. And I'm going to go for my
0: um, PE degree.
1: So <laughs> physical education. Ugh,
0: yeah. uh, What? What a turn of events, you yeah. know? Crazy. Kind of seemed like our family's trend, you know? I know, right? A little bit? Yeah, a little bit, maybe. So you kind of like skirted over that bomb you dropped. Mm, which bomb? <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, again, toxic family trait here. Like, avoid. (laughs) Oh, I do it to my therapist, our therapist, all the time. Is that I'll drop a bomb and then just be like, skirt, skirt. And like, (laughs) I talk in circles. And so
1: then she's like, wait, wait, wait. We got to go back. I'm like, no, we don't. Just keep Uh, talking. It's fine.
0: Okay. But you mentioned that over. Was it the course of a summer? or Course of a year? It was the course of a year. Okay.
1: So it was about ten months almost. It wasn't fully even a year,
0: but and this is when.
1: So this is when I moved out, and you were nannying. I was nannying. Okay. I had just moved out. Um, I stayed home until I was nineteen, turning twenty, and then I moved out right after my little sister graduated high school. Mm-hmm. And I was out for about a year and a half on my own, but. I was really putting on the pounds because, one, I was making $9.50 an hour and was barely able to pay my rent. I was barely able to pay for gas. There were weeks where I was like, okay, gas in my car, food in my mouth. Mm -hmm. What am I going to choose? So I, as an emotional eater, chose food. Mm -hmm. And so I was buying packs of ramen noodles
0: because ramen noodles are cheap at the F. Well, and that's something that's important to note is that our society and the world we live in right now is it's a privilege and a luxury to afford healthy food
1: it is incredibly expensive trying to be healthy like for instance going to mcdonald's or chick-fil-a or something you're gonna pay eight bucks for a meal right that's a 10-piece nugget a burger a fry and soda right terrible for you you get a salad, it's $13. Yeah. And that's just the from salad. that same restaurant. From the same restaurant. So to be healthy, it's incredibly more expensive. It's hard to make those dishes and decisions because everybody wants Chick-fil-A. I love Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I love those nuggets. Like the nuggets and the fries give me life. But mm-hmm. now like Having to substitute, they have those grilled nuggets. Those grilled nuggets Mm -hmm. are great. And instead of fries, I get fruit. And instead of a soda, I don't drink soda anymore, but I get a water or a Powerade. Yeah, Powerade's not great, but it's better than soda. So,
0: yeah, yeah, it's hard to
1: make those substitutes. I think
0: it's important to note, like, that it's not all your fault. You know what I mean? Right. Society does not help at all. Society and already just your relationship with food and hearing you talk about being an emotional eater like couple that all together with an injury and some of the life events that you went through like yeah Aubrey it's the perfect recipe it is and it's like
1: being an emotional eater is like really difficult because like if things happen in life like instead of running to work out or running to talk to a friend because I didn't make friends very easily. Like, here in Florida, I have found my home. I found my people. Mm-hmm. But I, the first, like, two years of Florida, I had the most piss-poor attitude. I just didn't have a good heart. I was just mad all the time. I was emotional. I was depressed. I just – I ate. I sat at home. I did schoolwork, and I ate. Mm-hmm. And being an emotional eater, any time I was upset – or frustrated, or confused. Food was always there. It was never going to tell me no. Mm -hmm. I could eat as much as I wanted to that I could afford. And that's what I did. I did. I ate for everything. And like, even if I was so full, I still ate, Mm. no matter what, because like, I was emotional. I was going through it. And so Food was there. Food wasn't going to tell me anything different than, hey, look at me. I'm delicious. Which, <laughs> duh. Hey. He doesn't love a honey bun? Who doesn't love the Twinkies, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, but, yeah. No, I put on a bunch of weight after high school. I was living on my own, barely had money. Um, I was trying to be independent as I am and, like, didn't want to admit to anybody that I had $3 in my bank account. And, like, I was like, nope, I'm going to figure it out. So mm-hmm. I ate ramen noodles. Almost every day. So my stomach stretched. My stomach grew. Mm -hmm. And then it came to the point where um, Thanksgiving of 2018, I ate five plates at Thanksgiving and was not full. (laughs) I was still hungry. And I was like, something's up. I don't know what's going on, but something's
0: up. Well, and at that point, you were starting to experience some like domino health issues like your neck
1: yeah so my neck I had um I want to say it was a thyroid issue we never ever were really able to figure it out because every time I tested for my thyroid it was positive it was negative it was positive it was Mm -hmm. negative so like we could never really figure it out but on the outside of my neck like right by my shoulders all of the sugar in my body that I ate would come out black in that area to the point where it looked like I was dirty
0: it yeah. looked like I didn't or like clean my body. a necklace that turns your neck green, right. but it was like right. and tanner than what you were. Right. And yeah. so it was very
1: obvious. I was a very large girl at the time. And like, I remember this lady in public came up to me and was like, sweetheart, you have dirt on your neck. And I was like, so embarrassed. I was like, oh my God, this lady just like pointed that out. Like mm. something's got to change. So I always had, like, borderline health issues, like, kind of growing up, like high cholesterol, blood pressure, all of that. our genetics, we can't think for that. Right. So So I was always, like, borderline everything. Well, I remember going to the doctor in December because I was, like, really sick. I had bronchitis. I couldn't breathe. And so I went to the doctor. I got some medicine, and they tested me for blood work. They did blood work. And when I came back, he's like, sweetheart you're not okay something needs to change and I was like what and he basically told me that everything was high everything was very concerning like I needed to go see a professional Mm. so in high school actually um, somebody had mentioned to me that there was this weight loss surgery and they had these like um, classes like information classes that I could go to and so I went to this one class and I was really hesitant. I didn't want to go. I was like, oh, I'm in high school. Like I don't want this weight loss surgery. I don't, I'm just gonna see what it's about. Yeah. So I went and I remember I was the youngest one there by like 30 years. So <laughs> that already in
0: <laughs> itself is scary. It was right. It was really like, traumatizing. Totally humilita- <laughs> Humiliating. Yeah,
1: it was. So like I walked in, I was 18. Um, I walked in and I was like, Gosh, like I am the youngest here by like 30 years at least. Mm. And so I sat in the back. I was all by myself. I remember exactly what I had on that day. Like I had my shorts and t shirt on because I had softball practice afterwards. And like I don't even think I really listened to what they had to say. Mm. I was just so embarrassed that I was like this baby here at this place with all these adults who were trying to figure things out. And like I just remember I went straight to softball practice and I was a zombie. Mm. I couldn't even function. My coach pulled me aside and was like, What is going on? I was like, I don't want to talk about it. And he's mm-hmm. like, No, we're going to talk about it because you're not okay. Like, mm-hmm. you're a really bubbly, energetic person, and this is not okay. Like, we need to figure it out. So we talked about it, and I was just like, I don't know what to do. And he's like, You are in high school. You don't have to go. You don't have to get the surgery done. You don't need to do anything like that. So I was like, Okay. So then I just kind of moved on, whatever. Well, then I had a friend's mom, my best friend. Her mom got the surgery done, and I didn't see her for six months, and she lost 150 pounds or so. Wow. I mean, in like six to eight months, and just looked incredible. And I was like, whoa, what did you do? Like, tell me your secret. And she's like, well, I actually got a weight loss surgery done. Mm. And I was like, no way. And she's like, yeah, it's um, called the duodenal or duodenal, depending on the doctor you talk to, switch. Um, And it's part of bariatric patient surgery.
0: Mm. And so
1: I was like, well, tell me more. So she started telling me about it, and I got really intrigued. And the the one thing that she said that really stuck with me was, if I could have done it at the age of 20, I would have. And I was like, huh. Okay. I was like, well, I'm 20. Oh. And she's like. They have all these information classes that you should go to. (laughs) you're like, I did. And I was like, oh, I went like two years ago. And I was like so ashamed. And she's like, why are you ashamed? Like everybody was there for the same reason you were. Yeah. Everybody's trying to figure their crap out. Like they all want help. They came to the point where they realized I can't do this on my own. I need help. I need Mm -hmm. professional help. And so she's like, there's nothing you need to be ashamed about. Like it's perfectly okay. Why would they have this surgery if it wasn't meant to help people? And so that was kind of, like, the wow factor for me that really, like, put it into perspective. Like, she's like, if I could have done it at 20, I would have. Mm. So I talked to my parents. I talked to my family. And my parents were, like, super supportive. And they were like, yes, let's do it. Let's go for it. And so I requested that they come with me because I didn't want to go alone. Mm -hmm. So, again, I was living on my own. I was eating ramen noodles (laughs) because I couldn't (laughs) afford it. So, um My parents went with me, my mom was busy, but my dad went with me, and same kind of thing, I don't really remember a whole lot of it, but my dad was there, and I asked him to take notes, and he took incredible notes. He's also
0: a machine, in the sense that, like, (laughs) he has such a great memory, and he's so, He always wants to help people, too, so, like, And he's very methodical, and, like, when he gets in the zone, he doesn't, like, think so much, like, I don't know how to describe it, but he's just in, like, dad workhorse like yeah he he
1: pulled the dad mode he could see I was just emotionally not there and Mm -hmm. like he knew I wanted to go through with this so he did everything in his power to do what he could to help me with remember and do all this and so we got to the end and he looked at me and he's like what are you thinking and I was like I think I need to do it I think I do I was like I'm really scared but I think I need to go through with it so we went through with it we gave him my insurance we got put on this like call list it was like this long process we had to go through Well, two months down the road, I had heard absolutely nothing from them. And so (laughs) I called them livid. I was peeved. I was like, listen, I made this choice to fix my life. I made this choice to be here. Why haven't you contacted me? And they're like, "Um, hi, ma'am. We have. You put us on a do not call list when you came back in high school. And so you blocked (laughs) us. (laughs) And I was like, oh <laughs> I remember doing that said, I, did. I was like I'm so sorry and so I had to go and like fix all of that because I was like you know put them on a do not call us because I was like so emotionally scarred I was like I don't want anything to do with this so I fixed it and then in March of um March of 19 so of March of 19 I started this um crazy journey that I had to go through. Yeah. And so we gave them all of the insurance information and everything. I got approved by insurance. They like immediately approved it because I was so young. Um, and if you don't mind sharing, what at that point were you at? So when I went for the like um, little meeting that they had, the information meeting, I they did not weigh us. Okay. So I was like not okay with getting on a scale and they didn't weigh us, so yeah. I didn't weigh. But when I went for my first doctor's appointment, I got on a scale, and I did all these, like, health things. They put these, like, crazy tubes next to me and all of this, and I had to breathe and all of that. Mm. Um, I was 415 pounds at my heaviest at the age of 21. Mm-hmm. I had just turned 21. So I was, um, yeah, I, was, I had just turned 21. And yeah. so I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm at 415 pounds. And, like, in my mind, I was so confident I most definitely thought I was like three hundred pounds. Like, yeah. didn't even come close to thinking I would be over four hundred pounds. And like, I was like so thrown back and kind of just like shocked. And the nurse was like, "It's okay. Like, yeah. it's not anything to be ashamed of. We're here. You're fixing it."
0: Well, because if anything, Aubrey, like the fact that you got to that point, like, is so incredibly brave, right? You right. know, and like think of all the people, like, even just watching the shows on TLC and how they've made entertainment out of people's struggles and journeys and weight loss journeys. But like, again, even if people are watching that show, like they're still making the choice to change and like how brave, how, how freaking brave for you to just know that and know that unfortunately the path you were on, like was not sustainable. And I remember the doctors telling you like, Hey you're not gonna see 30.
1: right and that was something that also like really pushed me to continue with the surgery was when I went in and did all these like crazy tasks I had to run on a treadmill for as long as Ugh. I could. And remind you, I was a three-sport athlete. I had fitness. I had the most stamina I could have and the most I could run consistently on a treadmill was for eight minutes without, like, my heart rate spiking to a point where they're like, okay, this is dangerous. You need to get off. And so I was like, no, I'm not getting off. And they're like, no, you have to get off. We're stopping the treadmill. Mm. So I did all these, like, crazy fitness tests. And then I was just kind of, like, a little pissed off because I was just like (laughs) – I didn't come here to do physical fitness. Like, I came here to get this stupid surgery and, like, go through all of these things. And so, like, I was a little peeved, and I spoke to the doctor that day. Um, Naturally. Yeah, I spoke to the doctor
0: that day. (laughs) You're like, let me at him. No,
1: I mean, I spoke to him, and I was like, look, I'm here to, like, start this thing. Like, not be on a freaking treadmill. And he's like, you know what? Let me see your chart. So (laughs) (laughs) I kind of did that to myself. So um, he looks at the chart. And he's like, do you want to know everything that is, like, borderline with you and, like, not okay? And I was like, yeah, sure. So I'm sitting there with my arms crossed. And my dad was at the doctor's office with me, but he didn't go in because the doctor said, hey, I want to speak to you alone. Mm. (laughs) Which, oof, never a good idea. It's like getting
0: called to the principal's
1: office. (sighs) Really? Never done that. I was homeschooled for (laughs) I was a great kid. I was prom queen, you know? So. (laughs) But. Jokes. um... All day dad jokes, um, but so he pulls me in and he like talks to me and he's like, hey, your cholesterol is here, your blood pressure is so high, and just was like, oh, your sugars awful, this awful, and he kind of got to the point where I was like, okay, you're a jerk, like chill out. Very tough love. Very tough love because he saw that if somebody didn't do that to me, I wasn't gonna go through with it, and so the last thing he said to me was, I gave you to the age of thirty. And I said, what the crap does that mean? He goes, how old are you? I said, 21. I just turned 21, like, last month. And he's like, 30. That's your time cap. I said, for what? And he goes, life. Mm. And I just remember sitting there and, like, I'm not a huge crier, but I had a tear run down my face, and I wiped it away very angrily. And he's like, you are on the brink of death. Mm. He's like, you just turned 21, and you're telling me you want to live your life. You won't have a life if you can't fix this. And he's like, you need our help. So that was the moment where I decided, this is it. Buckle down, put your big girl pants on, and go for it. Rolling full speed ahead. And so Mm. I did. I said, okay, tell me what I need to do. So I went through with it, and I had to, since my insurance was paying for it, since I was so young and such a health risk, Um, I had to do a diet. Oh, which I yeah. hadn't already done thousands of diets because I was kind of overweight all the time. So I was doing all these diets that I could do. I did everyone you could think of, Weight Watchers, Keto, all of it. But this
0: was conditional so, for you to even get the surgery.
1: Right. If I didn't do this diet successfully, my insurance wasn't going to pay for it. And this surgery, I want to say it was like a $100,000 surgery well, or something like that. Well, and if I like, remember it was crazy expensive.
0: correctly, the point of this was to prove... That even after surgery, you were in the right mind frame to continue. Because if I understand correctly, this surgery, you can get it, but you can still gain weight
1: Yeah, back. so after I did this this diet, I went on a three-month diet where for two weeks, I cut out all carbs and all sugar. So I was on a strict protein and liquid diet. Um, and then I had to switch from two weeks of that into a one week of a liquid diet and then I did that for three months. So two weeks of proteins, no sugar, no carbs, one week of liquids. Ugh. Back to the proteins, back to the liquid. It was awful. It was the worst because again, I was living out on my own. I had no money to afford healthy food. So I was doing what I absolutely could um, and I did it. I did pretty well with it. I buckled down, I stopped going out with friends, I saved every penny I had, put it into the food that I needed. I started meal prepping, I started doing everything I could to get to that point because I was like, this is it. I gotta fix myself. I've got to do what I need to do.
0: And didn't they give you like a certain target weight that you had to get down to? Yeah, so
1: I was 4'15 and they told me I needed to be 385 by the time I needed to have surgery. So three months of this strict diet, right? So I'm not good at math. That's a lot. My head hurts today. But I had to get down to the certain weight. And if I didn't, I'd have to prolong my thing. So I started, I believe it was like April. I started in April and my diet ended in end of July. And I went in for the weigh-in and I missed it by two pounds. (gasps) And so... He told me, I'm sorry, you can't get the surgery. We're going to have to extend your diet. And I was like, no, please, doc. Like, please don't do this to me. Like, I've already put myself through the ringer. I've been doing everything I can. I've been exercising. Like, please. He's like, I'm going to give you a week. Mm. If you can't lose five pounds in a week, then you're not going to get the surgery when you want to get the surgery. And I'm like, I'm a teacher. I don't want to miss school. Like, please. So he said, you have a week. So I was like, that's it. I pretty, I pretty much did a liquid diet and like didn't eat anything. I worked out all day, every day. Like that's not healthy. It's not yes. healthy,
0: but I was like, I gotta lose this weight. Okay. But I'm just going to like, yeah, I say know that it's not For healthy. anyone listening. Most definitely. Like. <laughs> I don't
1: recommend it. So okay. I worked out, I worked out as hard as I could. I did the liquid diet, and then I lost the weight I needed to. I lost 5.4 pounds. Aye. So I squeezed through, but I made it. And so I scheduled my appointment for August 1st. Or no, it was August 18th. And I was like, that's in the middle of the school year. I can't. And so they put me on like a wait list. And mm. I got the surgery for August 1st of 2019. Yeah. Um, But before that, I had to go through a psyche valve. And I remember just being like, "Why do I have to go through this?"
0: Like, well, wasn't that your first time? Like, yeah, it was around a therapist. Yeah, kind of much at all. Yeah. yeah, I went
1: as a kid once, but it was not a good situation. So we just said nope. Me either. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was really not good. So, but I went through the psychovalve valve, and the lady was like super sweet and nice. And you wait, know, I- are you saying evalve? Eval, is that not it's it?
0: It's Eval, Evaluation. L-O-L, no way. No, it's okay. Eval? Just big sister coming in. Oh, thanks. You <laughs> <I> not know. <laughs>
1: been saying that wrong for 23 years
0: just creating words over here so it's (laughs) eval eval like evaluation evaluate oh that's okay kevin does the same thing it's okay it's great anyways well i went went through this
1: eval um i went through this eval and i was like super perky and bubbly like i always am and she's like (laughs) cut the crap and i was like "Ooh, what do you mean and she's like tell me about your mental state tell me about your friends tell me all of this So I was like, I don't want to talk about any of this to anybody and or you. Like, I don't know you. So I talked and I was like, look, I have a really good outlook on life. I'm pretty confident. Nobody really sees me as big as I am. I make jokes all the time. Da, 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 da. So she basically told me that I was hiding my emotions. I was running away from the truth. And I needed to be really careful because if she approved me, what she told me she was going to, people who get the surgery lose friends and family over it because they go from the most, like, sad, dysfunctioning person to the most, like, outgoing, confident person because they lose so much weight. Mm. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm already at that point. Like, I'm pretty confident in who I am and she's like okay that's good but i'm just going to let you know like your head is going to get a lot bigger <laughs> you're going to get a fat head you need to be careful <laughs> and i was like okay whatever so she passed me and then she's like you have to go to the um nutritionist and so i went to a nutritionist and she told me all these like things i needed to do and like all the things that i had to do for surgery prep and then i went in 5 days later for my surgery wow so yeah and honestly to this day That was the best decision I could have ever made for anything in my life. Mm. I was petrified. I was so afraid that I would not know what to do. I would go back into my old ways that I wouldn't stay strong. And like on this surgery that I had, like I have a really strict diet I have to stick to. I have to take a crap ton of vitamins in the morning and afternoon and night like And it's to the point where I can't have alcohol very much because my body can't regulate all of like the, not regulate, my body can't intake all of the nutrients it needs in my food. So I have to take all these vitamins. Well, alcohol literally contradicts everything that goes with that and kills your insides. So I have to be like, super careful like when I drink I am no longer allowed to drink big amounts two ounces of wine and I am legally wasted which
0: is like a shot glass yeah
1: if that so and if if it's a wine gross but wine like that's not even that strong and so like I have to be super cautious with everything yeah on my diet so yeah yeah but I got surgery It was, um, they told me I could be out of work for a month, possibly, even longer, depending on how I recovered. Yeah. Um, But
0: I was... again, you're just skirting past it. It's pretty invasive. I mean, it's minimally invasive in the fact that, like, your scars, you don't have many scars from it. no, I do. I have 11
1: incisions, actually, on my stomach.
0: Right. But it's not like
1: they just, like cut
0: open your abdomen like no yeah but it's invasive in the sense of like what they did inside to your organs oh, yeah that's skipped over that you just, again you skirted right past you, you also did. skirted over the fact that earlier you don't your gallbladder right Oh, I had
1: gallstones. Yeah. Yeah, I got that removed back in. Yeah, you know, like, you already you don't even freaking have a gallbladder. Oh, yeah. Again, you skirted right past <laughs> that. I didn't think that was important, but I guess <laughs> um, Oh, so. it's kind of important. Well, I had gallstones. Like, one Thanksgiving, I couldn't breathe, and I called my mom. I was, like, packing to go out of town. I was like, no, I'm just a little out of breath. It's fine. And she's like, you're not okay. So I went to the ER, and I had gallstones, and they, like, removed my gallbladder like two days later because the gallstones that I had were so big and so invasive that it was causing me to like buckle over in pain yeah so okay so yeah
0: a that b explain because you did a really great job when you were explaining it to me earlier yeah. so say the name of the surgery again and then explain what all like what that surgery is
1: the name of the surgery there's three tiers of surgery to the ones that they do now so um I got the third surgery which is like the most high end one you can get it is a 98.8 percent that you won't put back on the weight that you've lost um and it was the most invasive it took the longest and it had the longest recovery time but the surgery was only 10 minutes longer than the rest of the surgeries. So I was like, sign me up. I was like, let's go with that one. Cause 98% chance that I'm not going to put on back the weight that I could possibly lose. Like, yeah, my goal is not to be 415 pounds again. Don't want to do that. So it's called the duodenal or duodenal switch, whatever your doctor prefers. Um, I say duodenal cause it's easier to pronounce. And um, they completely redid my digestive system and my stomach. So everybody's regular digestive system kind of like twirls around like a snake. Mm -hmm. Mine no longer does. Mine is like a Y, kind of. So it comes down. My stomach is now the size of my thumb. And then my digestive system splits. All of the good food that is like good for me and healthy kind of stays in my system a little bit longer. All of the bad food immediately deposits So, if I eat a lot of sugar or a lot of carbs, which eventually turns into sugar, P.S., it is out of my body within 30 minutes.
0: Evacuate the dance floor. (laughs)
1: Literally. So, (laughs) it's like if I have ice cream, I'm looking for a restroom as fast as possible Mm. because my body cannot handle the sugar. Yeah. It can't, which is awesome because then, quite honestly, it makes me not want sugar. Yeah. Like – I'm like, okay, here's what's happening. We're on a road trip. I want some candy, right? No, I don't stop when I road trip. So if I eat <laughs> this candy, we're going to pull over in like 30 minutes. I'm not about that. So I revert from getting this candy and I go get a better, healthier option. So it really helped in that aspect too. But um, also my stomach is the size of my thumb, which means I eat six ounces at the very most of a meal. So I eat like a bird all day long. Mm-hmm. I eat about every two to three hours because, you know, my my teeny tiny tummy is what I call it to my friends. My Yo. TTT. <laughs> um, my teeny tiny tummy can only handle six ounces um, at a time. And so that essentially looks like two pieces of broccoli, um, maybe a string cheese in there, and an apple. And I'm full. So I have to stick to a pretty sticky strict diet of 79 to 99 grams of protein a day.
0: Yeah. So because in order for your body to stay healthy and thriving, you have to make sure that you're filling it with the correct things. And
1: protein is like a massive way to help you lose weight quicker. Mm -hmm. So if I'm eating carbs, carbs are going to make me feel really gross. They're not going to do great. They're not going to help me. They're not healthy at all. So my body's going to hold on to those just a little bit longer and store it as fat. If I'm eating protein, my body's going to digest it digest it better than it will sugar or carbs. So eating healthier helps me lose weight faster. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, well, let's do it. So f- after surgery, I had to be on a liquid diet for a month. Just for, like, your body to,
0: like, get used to the new, like, highway they created for you. And my
1: body, my insides were so swollen because they had so many incisions. They removed my stomach. They took out half of my digestive system. Yeah,
0: because your intestines.
1: Right. My intestines are completely, like, shifted and redone. And, like, there's so many things, like, I have to tell medical professionals, like, if I get a surgery done, like, hey, you can't do this blindly because you'll puncture my stomach and not actually this thing that you're trying to go for or... Like, oh. it's crazy, so I have to be really careful. Like, I have medical cards I keep on my me at all times. My phone is updated with all of my medical things that if anybody finds it, they can have. Like, um, but, yeah, I have to be, like, super careful. Um, I don't remember what I was trying to say. Just it. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's fine. <laughs> I just totally lost my train of thought. No, you
0: said you have to be just
1: super careful. Oh, yeah. I just had to be careful, so... I do what I got to do to eat, but, oh, I was on a liquid diet for a month. There it is. Brrr, came back. I was on a liquid diet for a month. Then I had to go to our puree diet, which, ugh, it was so like, gross. baby food. I No, I was having to puree up avocado, which, okay, not awful. They said just mush it with a fork, right? So, like, avocado toast, that's fine, minus the toast. Avocado, that's fine. I can do that. Guacamole. Yeah. <laughs> but then I had to puree salmon and chicken and any other protein that you can think of that would somewhat remotely taste good um, and be healthy. And so I called my doctor and I said, I "I cannot do this. I can't. He goes, yeah, not a lot of our patients can do it. He's like, if you transition into eating two ounces a day, you'll be okay. And I said, two ounces a day. He goes, well, a meal, two ounces a meal. He's like, you have to eat instead of your six because that's going to pack your stomach and you're not going to feel good oh. and you're going to throw up. You have to, he's like, like gradually. I had to gradually. So for the first six months of my diet, I had to gradually grow and eat up to six ounces. I did not just immediately eat six ounces. I could have eaten that. I could have eaten a six inch thub if I wanted to, but I have three layers of staples in my stomach that created the wall so that like my Food doesn't, like, burst out into, you know, my intestines and stuff. So I have, like, three layers of staples that could have exploded if I put too much food in them.
0: Because even though they removed the majority of your stomach, the stomach is still able to stretch. So even though you have your teeny tiny tummy, you still theoretically
1: could Mm -hmm. stretch
0: it, which is why people can still gain weight or gain weight back. There
1: are actually a lot more cases than you would think of. Like you think if you would uproot your life to get this surgery done, like you are making the most of your life and you're going to change for good. No, people go back to their old ways so easily. And it's really, it really is a daily battle that you have to face because like as much as I wanted that change, I still love carbs and love sugar. And It is still a mental game for me when I'm upset not to run to food. Well, because it's a mental
0: thing. It is. And that's
1: what... And it it was that way for 21 years of my life. Because it's
0: the way your brain was programmed and, again, your relationship with food and the emotional Mm -hmm. ties that you had to it. Food was always there. And that's why I think... That psyche valve was to assess, like, if you had a strong enough support system, if right you were in the right mindset to go through this life change. Because one, super traumatic, right, to have that done to your body, right. But then two, being able to literally reprogram your brain, right, to continue down a healthier path,
1: right. And another thing is, like, I lost weight so so drastically fast the first week that I was out of the hospital I had already lost twenty pounds. Wow. Because one, they moved all of my removed all of my intestines, but two Oh I didn't I was
0: <laughs> I didn't think I about it. I didn't that. think about it either. Like
1: I was like whoop whoop 20 pounds off let's oh, go. Yeah I was organs. also on a liquid diet of I was only allowed to have an ounce of water an hour. <sighs> I was not allowed to have anything more than that because my stomach was so like swollen. And the crazy thing is, is like when they told me that before I went in, I was like, an ounce? Like, oh my gosh. That was a struggle to to put an ounce into my body. It was a struggle for me to even want to drink. And I was like, this is awful. But I had to get up. I had to start moving. I had to drink my water because one, if you think about it, you're awake for what? Maybe 12 to 16 hours a day. 16 ounces of water is not enough for your body to function. It is not. I was so tired. I was so weak. I was just like lethargic. I didn't want to do anything. Mm. But um, gradually it got to the point where I was drinking a lot more. Now I drink about 100 to 125 ounces of water a day. I had completely cut out soda. I've cut out everything that's like bad except for coffee (laughs) because I'm a teacher and need coffee. Coffee. Children are tough. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm eating six ounces a day or not a day, a meal. Um, I snack all the time, but I have to make those choices to snack on healthy things and not like grab a bag of Twizzlers or, you know, I have to substitute it and grab an apple. I cannot eat. um, I cannot drink an hour after I eat because it pushes all of the food away Mm. and out of my stomach if I drink too much after. So they tell you not to eat an hour so that your or drink an hour after so that your body can actually absorb that food and make you feel full longer. Um, yeah, wow. so it's well, crazy but I get a full feeling now. I used to not get that yeah. full feeling ever so I could eat until the cows came home. Yeah, I could eat a cow so <laughs> <laughs> but now I eat I eat six ounces and six ounces sometimes is too much and I'm like woof, I'm full. I can't finish my plate at restaurants. I have a card I get to keep in my wallet that tells the restaurant owners and managers that, hey, I had a surgery. Give me a kid's meal because I'm not even going to be able to finish your kid's meal. So peace up. I am a cheap date. No (laughs) alcohol. Kid's meals over here.
0: Hey, gentlemen listening. Single. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) But
1: um, yeah, so I have to really like change things like, yeah, there's not always a lot of great options on the kid's meal. But um, if I do get an adult meal, I have um, probably two or three meals of that adult meal left. So I can take it the next day for leftovers and then the following night for dinner. So it's kind of great. It works out in my favor.
0: So I'm not mad about it. But Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, okay, so you also said you're on a pretty strict regimen of vitamins as well, too. Because I feel like... Being disciplined, not only with your eating, but also disciplined with taking so many meds. Yeah,
1: so one thing that really scared the hell out of me was um, the nurse, like once I woke up from my surgery, told me a story about a girl who was 21 years old. She had the surgery done and they said that she was like one of the younger patients and I was like, oh look, me too, I'm 21. And she goes, yeah, well this girl was going to um, med school. She was in college, she went in med school. She lost like 200 pounds. She started um, getting a lot of attraction from the guys, and she started going to a sorority and started heavily drinking. Mm. And alcohol is not really allowed on our surgery. Um, And she stopped taking her meds, and she was not eating the correct amount of protein a day that she was supposed to, and she woke up a quadriplegic. So scared the heck out of me when I woke up, and she's like, if you don't take your vitamins, if you don't eat your protein – if you drink too much alcohol, you could be paralyzed for the rest of your life. Because here's the problem. Your body won't show signs until it is too late. Mm. So you need to take your vitamins. You need to eat your protein. And you need to not drink alcohol. And I said, okay. He yes, said, ma'am. Message received. Said, you got it. So oh I really my have. Gosh. I I missed one morning of my medicine. I'm two years into it. I missed one morning, and I called my mom. I was hysterically crying. I was like, "I need my medication." I was like, "I'm gonna not be okay." And she's like, "You need to calm down. I'll bring it to you." But Aww. yeah, you have to be. You have to be strict, and you've got to be
0: doing it. You've got to do it. But
1: okay, I, so you
0: said. You lost 20 pounds within the first week. Yes. It's been two years. It's been
1: two years. I have lost, um, well, I lost 215 pounds. Um, so Incredible. I went from 415 pounds to 200, and then I put a couple pounds back on, and then I lost them again. Yeah. So I'm sitting about like 195, 200 is so where you, I kind of fluctuate.
0: you literally lost
1: half. Yeah.
0: Of your body. I
1: am half the person I was. I really am. So, not only in the aspect of, like, losing my body, like, weight, but I also became a
0: lot nicer, (laughs) which sounds, like, weird, but... I don't think so. I mean... Not as, like, a sister. Like, you've always been the most, like, incredible, thoughtful caring just like mother hen of the sisters yes
1: I'm a very protective like person and I have your best interests at heart but in that aspect of me being nicer I didn't care if you were overweight I'd be like "Eh, so am I suck it up who cares now I have girls that I coach or I have girls in my elementary school who are self-conscious about their weight
0: Mm.
1: and I can relate to them more on a personal level yeah and I'm a little bit more sympathetic towards it because I understand that struggle. I understand not being able to fit on a roller coaster, not being able to bend over and tie my shoes without being out of breath. And like just the small things in life. Like I have always wanted to go skydiving and I weighed 200 pounds over the limit. And every pound over that limit that you weighed was a dollar extra. So that's degrading. Like Now I was able to check off some of these, like, small goals that I had to set. Like, I wanted to be able to ride a roller coaster. And I was able to ride a roller coaster within um, four months after the surgery was done because I lost 80 pounds in four months like that. Mm. So um, by Christmas, I got it done August 1st. By Christmas, I had lost 100 pounds. And then 20 um, 20 rolled around and COVID hit. So... My weight loss, like, slowed down a little bit, but I was still taking off. I still lost a bunch of weight. And then um, by August of 2020, I was down 185 pounds.
0: Wow. So
1: the last 20 pounds were really tough to get off. It was a lot because I had to kind of change my diet a little bit again. I had to readjust. I had to add more water into my um, daily routine. And so, Yeah. But I'm um, just trying to, like, manage and stay the same weight and just stay on my healthy diet mm-hmm. and my vitamins and all that. So, yeah.
0: Wow. So after all of that, you said that with your friend's mom, you didn't see her for six months, and then it was, like, this shock. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. Through this process... Did you think about what you were going to tell people? Did you think about if you were going to tell people, quote, unquote, the truth? Like, what was that thought process with explaining it? I
1: actually only told my immediate family I was getting it done and my two best friends. I didn't tell anybody else because I was ashamed. I really was. I was like, I'm 21. I have to get this weight loss surgery because I can't do it anymore. I can't do it on my own. I'm not going to lose the weight. I've done everything in my power that I can. Um, so for the first two months I kept it a secret and then I was losing weight so drastically fast that I was like, why do I get to decide if I get to hide this from other people? Maybe this could be the deciding factor for someone else in my life to get the surgery who needs it or, you know, help them along in their journey or something like that. Like, um, my friend's mom who had gotten it, like me seeing her and her talking to me, that was the deciding moment for me. Mm. That was like the last straw where I was like, yeah, like she's doing awesome. And she, you know, decided to go through with it. Like I need to do the same. So I started opening up. Um, if people asked me like, Whoa, tell me your secret. I said, well, actually I got a weight loss surgery. No way. Tell me about it. And so I was a little nervous. Um, a couple times I got some negative feedback from it. Like, Oh, why would you do that? Da, 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 da. So I just ignored those people and was like, you know what? I made a decision for myself to better myself and to be healthy. Um, also, bye. Yeah. So <laughs> I skirted those people, yeeted them, but Yeet. I said, bye, get out. Don't need to talk to you. You're going to you be like that. You don't
0: deserve access to, like, it's like that saying, like, if you can't handle me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best. Yes. So, yes. Bye.
1: But yeah, so I decided to keep it secret. But then I decided to tell people, and now I am a massive open book with that. Like, it's really funny because I, you know, we were in COVID for so long. We were shut down, and then like six months later, I went back to school and saw everybody, and they were like, "Whoa!" I had lost another eighty pounds by that time. So everybody's like, "Oh my gosh!" Oh and so, my
0: gosh. Yeah,
1: it's fun, but yeah, um, I decided that. It was up to me, but it also wasn't up to me. Like, the surgery is life-changing, and people needed to know about it. So, yeah, I talked to some people about it. I've known four people who I've talked about it who have gotten the surgery done. And same thing, they've said it's life-changing. It's incredible. So,
0: Aubrey, you are literally a philanthropist in my <laughs> mind. No, but think about it. Like, because you are so selfless in sharing what could have been your deepest, darkest secret and what is something that people are so ashamed of and keep hidden. And like we said, most people aren't strong enough to stand up for themselves in this way. Right. Because you made that decision and you followed through with it, you you don't owe it to anyone to share. It's my story and I
1: don't owe it to anybody. But
0: because you are like you're literally helping change other people's lives right
1: right so yeah i just i think that if anybody is struggling with the situation like 100 just go to a class just think about it you don't even have to immediately commit like at all there's no pressure but those people who are there who are helping you along the surgery they literally just want what's best for you like They want to see you flourish, and, like, 90% of the nurses have gotten that surgery. So it's really cool, like, when you go back for a checkup or something like that, like, the first thing you hear is, wow, you look incredible. Mm. How's it going? Tell us some stories. Tell us this, you know? Mm. So it's cool. And then, like, if you say, you know, I'm really, like, losing my hair, they're like, oh, that's because you're not eating enough protein. You need to up your protein or, Hey, it's because you might be, have too much sugar in your life. Mm. So it was, it's really awesome. It's really helpful. And like, it's super encouraging. So, um, yeah, it was great. Like I'm two months or two years into the surgery and, um, I had my two year checkup in August and, um, the lady was like, Hey, um, yeah, you're in the highest percentile of weight loss that we've had in a really long time Wow. and I was like really and she's like yeah she's like you're taking away at your weight loss and you look incredible and you just keep it up mm. she's like we'd love to have you and come back and like talk to some people once we open our doors back up
0: but oh my god yeah so Aubrey. that was intimidating
1: a little bit I was like I'm 23 what do I know but like I went
0: through it I was there yeah. I did it all I did all the
1: work and like you know I had to create a daily life but like It got easier once I lost all that weight. I had the drive to want to work out. I had the drive to want to eat healthier and not, like, on my way home from work, like, pull through Chick-fil-A and get some food. I'd be like, no, I have food at home I can make. Or, no, that's not the healthiest. Maybe I should get this option instead of this option. Mm -hmm. So it's still a struggle of me, like, going into a gas station and I'm like, ooh, that looks really good. But I, like, just go to the bathroom walk out, maybe get some water, Yeah, you know, so it's a struggle, but it's a daily choice you have to make in order to keep it because you could go back to that 415
0: pound life. Mm. So it's so powerful. Yeah. Now I do have, I have a couple of questions. You have been amazing and literally just like led this whole interview, it's basically <laughs> just like you telling your whole story, which like, thanks for making my life easy. But my question is, as we know, as the media and just like already programmed in our brain as women, weight is such a topic that we intentionally and unintentionally put a lot of value on. Yeah. And I myself have struggled with eating disorders and body dysmorphia. Right. And for you, how did your mental health, how was it affected? When people started complimenting you more after you had lost weight. So I really didn't
1: notice a big weight loss difference until about 110 pounds after I had lost 110 pounds. Okay. So I didn't realize I had lost that much weight. I was still wearing my 3-4X clothes. I was swimming in them, but I refused to buy clothes that fit me because I was so afraid to go shopping. I didn't fit into a lot of those stores because they didn't carry the plus size I needed.
0: Well, because one, stores are not inclusive. Fashion is no. not now. inclusive. And XL should not be the largest size. No. We're just going to say Target that.
1: Target and Walmart, I am here for you. And yeah. you are here for plus size. Yeah. They go up to, and even Old Navy. Old yeah. Navy's gotten really good. Now, they don't always carry it in the store. Old Navy won't, but it's online. And so that's really awesome
0: too. But... um. What was your question? How did it feel when people started noticing oh, right. you more and complimenting you so, after the weight loss?
1: Honestly, like, I hate saying that I'm humble because I just feel like that's not humble. But, um, like, I was really humbled Okay. by that. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, stop. Like, oh, you're too sweet. You're too kind. I was a little ashamed. I was humbled. I was also very prideful. <laughs> so that's a lot of emotions that don't mix. Um, it took a while for me to finally like accept it it really did it took a hot minute for me to be like thank you I've worked hard I used to just be like oh thanks (laughs) and laugh it off and try to move on because it's a weird topic like when a guy comes up to you you've not seen in a while and he's like wow you look incredible or a mom who's like oh my gosh tell me your secret you know like it's a little
0: weird it's a little uncomfortable but because it's it's not like you as a person right really changed like right sure maybe you're slightly more confident but as you said before like your personality has not changed right the way people choose to see you right and notice you it's more of a change in them right and so
1: my thing is is like I kind of struggled then I got over that and I was like you know what I need to be proud I have lost a lot of weight and I need to be proud of that and I need to start having small talk so that's when I started really like branching out and like appreciating the comments and appreciating the like thanks and stuff that I would get Um, and then I would try to dig deeper into that conversation Mm. so I would start opening up like the little gateways into those conversations and talking about how it was a really big mental health thing and like how I really changed my mentality and I had to change a lot of things that I was going through at the time and my outlook on life and everything like that so it was tough but now I appreciate it um sometimes I will say it's annoying because that's all what like people want to talk about and so sometimes I'm like oh so much more than the weight loss like Ask me about anything else. Ask me how counseling is going. Ask me how my softball team, my kids at school, like you know, just me. Don't ask, ask me
0: about me. the jeep you're remodeling. Right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like anything else, you know. So, yeah, sometimes it gets on my nerve, but you know, it's in, it's encouraging and it's 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 really nice to hear those comments.
0: So that's good. Yeah, I know. As I said before, we see the same therapist. Yes. What are some things, because like we said, huge life change. Yeah. What are some things that you're learning that have like helped you cope with this life change? So it's really funny because like my first time in this (laughs) session
1: with our counselor, she... I was like, so tell me about yourself. And I was like, well, my name's Aubrey, you know, all the basic stuff. And then she's like, okay, stop being, like, basic. Like, just tell me some other things. And i was like, well, I'm not one who loves change. And then I started naming off, like, all these, like, massive things. And, like, I got this massive weight loss surgery. And that was a huge change. I've moved three times. That's a big change. You know, I didn't go to college. I have worked in a thousand different places. And, like, I've moved. I've, you know, I've done it all. And so, like... She's like, um, don't BS me about change. You have definitely changed. Like, not even the fact that you were kind of like a jerk as a kid, and no, <laughs> you're not. <laughs> like, you straight called me out. Called out. And I was like, okay. And she's like, you've changed. You've changed your mentality. You have to change your eating habits every day. You have to intentionally make a choice to not eat the sugar and the carbs and stuff. And she's like... So don't tell me that change is not a thing. You are great with change. So I had to, the first week of my first session, I thought it would be like basic surface level, like, hi, my name is Aubrey. And no, it wasn't. She hit it on the head hard. And I was like, all right, this is going to be great. Here we go. Yeah, she's good at that. Yeah, she's awesome. So So
0: part of the thing is she, I remember you saying, is that she thinks that you're not fully processing The full weight of what you went through. Yeah. So tell me about the list. So If you want to. I think it's the coolest thing ever. The list of... The things that you wanted, like, you couldn't do, and now you can to, like, remind yourself and, like, close that chapter. Right. So they had us
1: come down with a list... um, when I was in my psyche eval, <laughs> um, <laughs> when I was in my psyche eval, um, they had me come up with a list of things that I couldn't currently do. So I couldn't tie my shoes. All of my shoes were pre-tied, and I slipped them on. I um, almost could not put on a bra. Yeah. Um, I struggled with that. I struggled.
0: You walking. said the roller coaster. Right.
1: I struggled. I couldn't get on a roller coaster. I was too thick. Um, I struggled walking up a flight of stairs mm-hmm. so that was kind of like my list to start um and then they said okay after you lose weight don't know how much you'll lose you need some goals to look forward to and so she goes set a now goal and I was like a now goal what is that and she's like how about getting the surgery I was like okay that's a now thing we can check off let's, let's do that so I checked that one off two weeks later right Then she said, set a goal for two months out, okay? Set a goal for four months, six months, eight months to a year. I said, okay. So I set like four or five goals, and my first goal that I wanted to do after losing weight was paint my toenails without being out of breath because I couldn't lean over and touch my toes. I'm a very flexible person, but I could not touch my toes. (laughs) So I was able to check that one off two months after losing weight. So I was like, woohoo, I checked off something on the list. All right. Then I wanted to check off for my four month. I wanted to check off getting on a roller coaster. I love thrills, rides. Like I love them. You're an adrenaline junkie. I am an adrenaline junkie. That's <laughs> why I want to go skydiving. So I checked that off um, four months in. And then um, another one was I wanted to be in a size XL t-shirt. Hey. And I checked that one off after uh, 150 pounds. So that was my one of my eighth month goals. I didn't have a goal for six months, but it's fine. Um, and then the last final one I wanted was to be able to skydive, mm-hmm. which meant I had to be under 250 pounds. So I was able to check that one off um, around my birthday, my 22nd birthday. So my parents bought me a skydiving ticket Along with you. Mm-hmm. And then COVID hit. Yep. And so we couldn't do it. And I still have not got to do it. But one thing that my um, therapist told me is she's like, you need to go do that. So Amanda and I are going to go skydive. Yes. Um, in probably middle of November, we're going to go. So that is on my list to finally check off. And that will be my final check off of my list. And I will. Kind of feel like a teeny tiny part of me will be completed in that aspect because I wanted to skydive since I was like ten. Yeah. So yeah, I'm super excited. I cannot wait for November to roll around.
0: I'm so excited. But mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, so amazing. I just constantly amazed by you because <laughs> just the things that you've navigated through. Like again, everyone has their own mountains and battles, but like. Right. Dude, yours were pretty up there and 15 pounds up there even so like you still are the most genuinely joyful person that I know and even through all of that you just navigated it with such grace and humility and
1: well, always
0: I've always been proud of you but like thanks. damn girl <laughs> I
1: just I've never been the type of person that looks too far into the future because you just you can't control it. You have to live day by day. You don't know if you're going to wake up the next morning. You don't know when your last breath is going to be. You know, you could get in a car accident. You could just not wake up. You could have a heart attack. You just you don't know. And there's no point of living so far in the future because it's out of your hands. Mm-hmm. You can't control it. You need to live in the day-to-day walk and take one step after the other and continue on and pick the joyful moments in your life and focus on those because those are the moments that you're going to remember and that's what it all comes down to is if you look back on your life when you're like in your 80s if you make it that long what did I do that I can look back on that is so enjoyable Mm -hmm. and that was so much fun and that is taking those day-to-day walks and choosing to be happy because if you just live in this miserable life like it's just it's tough it's not fun and you got to find some friends to help you through it because friends are huge family's huge sisters are huge you've got to have your support system and your support group to have your back and yeah
0: that's really it you just gotta live your life dude mic drop Right there, pew! <laughs> oh, this has been incredible. I can't even believe that an hour plus oh, has wow. just gone that was by. Fast. Yeah, I didn't even feel that long. But my last question for you, obviously. Thank you so much for sharing. Absolutely, anytime. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, you kind of invited yourself. No, you invited me in Colorado, don't lie. I did. I said that it would be cool for everyone to hear your story if you were comfortable. And you were like, I'll think about it. And then you were like, yeah, we're doing this. We're doing it. (laughs) I was like, when are you free? I said, I'll pencil you in. I'll pencil you in. So I really do appreciate you just being so open and honest. Yeah, absolutely. And really talking about some tough stuff, you know? Anytime. My last question, though, is... For anyone listening that has been in your position, maybe is currently where you were or know someone, what is some advice that you could give them moving forward? I mean, you already said live in the moment, control what you can, you know.
1: Right. Live in the moment, control what you can. Um, I would say that if you are in the steps of getting the surgery, not even thinking about it, it's your first time hearing about it or you're past it. Just make sure you have a support group. So definitely make sure that your friends are there for you because the last thing you need is an ounce of negativity in that aspect. It's a really big life change before, during, or after the surgery. It was a lot for me to think about it. And the people I told were incredible. They were the most encouraging When we would go out to eat, they would be the ones helping me and be like, no, you shouldn't eat that. I'm like, you're right. I need to be more diligent. So that was awesome. My family was awesome. I moved back in with my parents. My parents helped take care of me. I wasn't off my feet very long. I was kind of up and running in three days because I'm like determined as crap and like don't like to be down long. So I was like up and moving, but I didn't go back to work for about three weeks. But I mean my mom you know she was incredible my dad was awesome they cooked meals for me they went to the store when I couldn't they told me you know what you need to drink your water get up and then I was like awesome they were great and then even now like people are great in my life and they're helping me and like you know we go on car trips and my sisters are like hey maybe you shouldn't drink that coffee or <laughs> maybe you shouldn't get that sugar or whatever okay but... real talk
0: though like on our way to Colorado we were uh, drinking a ton of coffee so because coffee. we drove a long drive. from Florida Colorado and your farts
1: yeah okay Aubrey
0: <laughs> I was just I like an elephant. That's I was one like, thing with the you surgery. You gotta stop. That was
1: one thing with the surgery. Um, yeah, your farts are not good. They're rough. It is a rough. Uh, it is a great thing I work outside because you can uh, let them go. I just kind of like walk, walk around. I keeps... do like the old lady fart and I like, <laughs> like fart and walk away. I'm like <laughs> and
0: you keep Febreze in your car? Oh, I those
1: definitely keep Febreze in my car absolutely okay. own
0: it own oh, it.
1: most definitely that is the only suck part about the surgery is your farts are so <laughs> bad and you can't control them you yeah, can't you're that's fair yep your your stomach just turns that anyways, food into rape <laughs> I, I, I had a segue since you said so rude in colorado <laughs> Ugh. But anyways
0: Heard. Support system. Yeah, Amanda's great.
1: I thank you I mean, that's what I was
0: getting at. It's like, okay, but like, whatever. <laughs> yeah.
1: But I would just say um mental too. Like, if you're not sure about it, don't go through with it. You really need to like mull it over and take your time because it is a big life change and it's gonna take a lot of work and a lot of time and a lot of effort, and you have to be ready to dive head in, and as strong as you can. Because if you're going to uproot your life for this surgery, you want it to be a permanent thing and not ruin it and not go back to the way you were because nobody's happy in that life. You want to change and change for the better in that aspect and just be healthy. Like, I remember the doctors asked me, what's your goal weight? And they kind of, like, shrinked back. And I was like, oh, like, maybe 190, 200. And they're like, oh, most people are unrealistic and want to be, like, 110. And I'm like, Pfft nope. I'm like, that's not me. I just want to be healthy. Nah. I just want to be healthy. I want to be able to tie my shoes and paint my toes and ride a roller coaster.
0: Plus, you and I are thick with two C's. Dark. And you know what? Thunder 5 save lives though, hey, baby. Hey, my husband appreciates it. <laughs> Gross! Hey, <laughs> Ay- <Ew. laughs> On that note, um, <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate having you. Absolutely. If anyone has questions or wants to find you online is your instagram public yes i'm public
1: i am public um my instagram handle is aubrey minch and it's not spelled with an i it's m-u-e-n-c-h <laughs> yes you can find me i don't really do the socials but if you I'll message me yeah. yeah if you message me I'll, i will answer and yeah i'm an open book ask me anything and i will literally tell you all about it it just gets me so
0: excited so yeah, you can hit me up on the Insta. Yeah, and that'll be linked in the episode notes. And I suggest giving her a follow because she shares some pretty cool sports stuff. Yeah. And she's the meme queen, so true. <laughs> Facts.
1: <laughs> I love names. All right,
0: Obs. Well thank you. Yeah, no problem, dude. Mwah. Mwah. Love you. Love you more.
1: <laughs> and I'm on a roll.
0: Thank you for listening to yet another amazing conversation started here on Sunshine and Rainbows Podcast. Each week, I'm quite literally blown away by the voices and stories shared here. The goal is to amplify others' experiences in hopes that someone listening out there feels that much less alone. Thank you again to our incredible guests for getting so vulnerable with us about their own personal stories and for helping each of us remember to look at a situation with a new perspective. If you love this episode or any previous one, I hope you'll take a second to share it to a bestie or even tell us on social media. It really does make a difference in helping us get these conversations out there to the world. If you'd like to share your own story with our audience about how you've overcome something in your life, or maybe want to start an important conversation that needs to be heard, please send us an email at hello at Stay colorful and we'll see you next week, besties.